Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California, now living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Schur. I am speaking to every one of you in Beijing today with my necessary morning coffee in my hand. And we have a guest today. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today's guest hails from St. Petersburg, Florida in the U.S. Noah Kartha is a YouTuber and influencer posting videos about his life and adventures in China. He's lived in Harbin, Chengdu, and now Ningbo. He also works as a guidance counselor for the youth. His online media is focused on introducing China's many hidden travel gems to the West. He is now incorporating spiritual elements. He wants to show people the beauty of China in a way that makes them smile and contemplate the world that unites us. Welcome to the show, Noah Kartha. Welcome, Noah. Thank you, guys. It's an <laughs> honor to be here today. We're really excited to have you. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from originally? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. It's actually a few years ago when I lived there, it's been a while since I've lived there, a real hotspot for people who are looking to move to Florida, looking to move to a, a really nice city. Um, it's got a really awesome food scene, uh, real chill, nice downtown vibe right by the water. Mm. It's a fantastic place to live. Yeah. Wow. So why would you ever leave paradise? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> no, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And you know, my my uh, grandparents and my, my father are Indian, mm. and they, uh, my grandparents moved to America to in hope for creating a better life mm. for their children and grandchildren. So I think they, to some degree, don't understand why, yeah, I moved to China. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a foreign idea for them. But like, uh, you know, I, I, I love living abroad, I, I, especially in China. I think every, every moment of every day, whether it be mm. talking to a taxi driver, uh, whether it be, you know, ordering food in the restaurant, it's every moment is an adventure. And that, that that's that's what I love about living in Could China. Could I ask you a little more about that? Where are your grandparents from in India? Do you speak any Indian languages or dialects? Yeah, so my grandparents are from Kerala. It's uh, mm. the province in yeah. south in you know, south of I India. Mm. And uh, I don't speak any of the language. Uh, my sister can actually speak some. She she is really grabbed on to Indian culture. But mm. I mean, I enjoy the the food that they make. They make awesome <laughs> food. But uh, I, I don't I don't really speak the language or, or know too too much about the culture. Mm. Have you had a chance to go to Kerala? Yeah. So actually, when I was eight years old, my family took me to India, and we did this trip around all of India for about three weeks, and that was actually like the first experience of like traveling really abroad and that was that was like i pinpoint i look back and pinpoint that as like a, a major mm -hmm. kind of pivotal moment that that mm. later on led me to want to live abroad and move to china could you tell us a little bit about the decision that you made <laughs> that led up to moving to china like were you just like oh i guess china <laughs> or like let's pick a, place. Let's pick a yeah. place to go <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I had uh, just after graduating from college, I uh, 
I taught for English for a year in Taiwan, and I, I enjoyed that. You know, like I said, I,、mm-hmm. I love the adventure of living abroad. And I had come back to the states、mm-hmm. uh, in about、mm-hmm. 2018 for for a year and a half, and was kind of contemplating like, what's my next move? Like, what do I want to do with my life? And I decided、mm-hmm. that I, I wanted to go abroad again, and I wanted to stay there long term. And I looked at China. I looked at a bunch of different、mm-hmm. op- options. I looked at Japan. I looked at a few other countries, but I think China was the, the best place to. I was looking to teach English、mm-hmm. at least、uh, at that time, and I think China is. I think China is the best place to teach English abroad. You know,、mm. th- there are plenty of options to save a lot of money. You don't have to work so many hours. <laughs> so, so that was the kind of initial my initial thought process. Yeah, that, let me hear. And when was that? When was the decision made, Noah? Yeah, so I, I moved in 2019、uh, to Harbin. I first accepted a teaching job. In Harbin in 2019, so so that's when I, I made the move. Alex,、yeah. I'm gonna leave the Harbin Dongbei questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. I knew you were gonna do that. I am from the northeast, but I'm from Jilin Province, which is very close to to Harbin. Right. Yeah,、um, yeah, tell us about your experience there, because I don't want to be too shallow. But if we look at where you come from to the city that you first moved to when you came to China, that's like moving from I don't know the Amazon rainforest to <laughs> <laughs> the North Pole. How did yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. What was your experience like? How did you find it? I want to be cold. Yeah, Harbin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I actually want to take you through like the whole experience of just moving there because I actually I first moving to China. I first took a, took a flight into Shanghai、mm. and I had an overnight layover in Shanghai and that was my first、uh, experience at mainland. Uh, I actually met a buddy in Shanghai. We went out for a hot pot. We walked around the Bund, and that was great. And、yeah. then next morning, I flew out to、uh, I flew out to Harbin, and、mm. I, I it, at that point it had been about two days since I last slept on a bed, and、uh, <laughs> I, I remember on on the drive back from the airport, like this guy Simon, he's in charge of like kind of handling all the, all the foreign teachers and getting them set up in their apartment at, at the school that I worked at in Harbin.、Uh, he handed me the handbook for for my job. My teaching job, and I was like, "Oh man, that's that's the last thing I want to look at right now." <laughs> After not <laughs> so tired, but and then I I remember you know Harbin, like you're saying, it it's also like a second tier city, so it's it's very kind of local, not not a lot of English, not as globalized as like Beijing or Shanghai.、And、I remember on the drive back from the airport, just seeing this these very local streets with. Like only Chinese signs everywhere, like nothing in English. <laughs> like the only time in my life where I, where I experienced culture shock. And then、mm. uh, I remember Simon dropped me off at this kind of very old apartment in Central Harbin, and then he offered to take lunch on Central Street. I actually really love Central Street in, in Harbin. It's it's got、yes. this kind of old style European、mm. Russian architecture, also kind of mixed in with the Chinese vibe.、Uh, but like. So feeling so sleep deprived, like going out there, like、uh, I was like, where am I? Like, is this China? Am I in Russia? Like right now? Like I was. <laughs> it, it was like it was like an interesting experience. But no, I I really I really fell in love with Harbin. Like o- over time, like I I really have fond memories of that place. I like there's certain spots in Harbin that I I really love. Like Saint Sophia's Cathedral is another、yeah. one. It's just a square with this. It's actually, I think, the the largest 
Eastern Orthodox Church in the Far East. Mm. And wow. there's also a bunch of like really neat, uh, like old style Russian cafes that would like to hang out there. Yeah. And of course, the, the Ice and Snow Festival is absolutely magical. I mean, the way that place lights up at night it, it is truly like an ice city well alex is actually from dome bay but she's not been to the ice festival you've, you've win mr cartha <laughs> <laughs> just because noah's new to our show but there's a little background we try to jason and i have talked <laughs> in great details about how much we would like to go to the ice I festival. I would love to go. Yeah, I've never but, been right. also. Neither of us. I have been to Harbin though, just not to the festival. Mr. Kartha, could you take a walk us through in our imaginations what it is like being at the Harbin Ice Festival? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes us make us jealous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First <laughs> it's important to imagine like it's super cold. So like imagine your toes, like you can't feel your toes. Like that's the most important thing. But oh, wow. no, it is like a northern winter fairy tale, especially at night. These buildings, very intricate buildings made of ice, all lighting up around you. The energy there, like it is a major tourist attraction. It is like the premier mm. and snow festival like in the world, as mm -hmm. I know. Mm. So, I mean, there's absolutely like just an energy there as well of just like it, it is this kind of like exciting winter wonderland wow. vibe. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think that was the best sales pitch I ever heard for it. I, mean, I want to go more now than ever before. Noah, <laughs> if you kind of linger around one specific castle for a little too long, do any of the people, does any of the people working at the festival just come over and say, let it go? <laughs> oh, oh, you know, no. I'm sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> it's so cheesy. I had to. <laughs> is there an Elsa there? Was there a giant a person dressed up as Elsa there? <laughs> that, that is just funny. Say, that is funny. Well, I, I will I will tell you that you are not going to want to stay in any one place for a very long time because, yeah, you got to keep moving because your feet will freeze up very quickly there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did have this really gonna... obscure question. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. <laughs> I did have this very obscure question just for fun. When you live in a city like Harbin that gets so cold in winter, do you ever, ever, ever come up with a challenge that resembles something like, how long could I stay stay outside without moving? How like can I keep still outside on the street? Have you ever done anything like that? That's crazy that you say that. Because yeah, actually, like one of the challenges that I would like to do one day is like have me and a friend see who can stay outside the longest at the ice and snow festival. Like that is <laughs> that is a, a, wow. a video idea that I've had for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you read my mind, Alex. <laughs> You're listening to The Bridge. After you lived in, you know, China, Siberia, and you moved to a rainforest and right. to Chengdu, you say you fell in love with Harbin. What moved you? Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I, and this is something I encourage anyone who's thinking about moving <laughs> to China for the long term. Like you can always go to Beijing or Shanghai or any of those big cities, especially after you've garnered some experience. But I really encourage anyone who's coming to China for the long term, like first go to like a second, third tier city and see like the mm. real nitty gritty local culture uh, of China. Yeah, I just I loved everything about Harbin. You know, the Dongbei culture is very like they're very bold. They're very brash. They'll say or do what's, anything that's on their mind. And that's not. That sounds like Alex. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I live it to the max. I really represent. Uh, that's not necessarily something that, you know, 
a personality that, mm. you know, I'm best friends with, but like <laughs> going to a place and, and like fully experiencing something that's like a culture that's so unique, a, a place that, you know, ha also has this kind of Russian and Chinese influence together. Uh, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Mm. I understand you correctly. Your plan is move around a lot so that you can see lots of what China is like. But why specifically did you move to Chengdu after Harbin? What brought you there? Um, what brought me to Chengdu is I do love the experience of living in and moving to different places because I feel like mm, each mm. place I lived in like captures that specific a snapshot or a feeling in that time of mm. my life. Like mm. I would when I lived in Harbin, that that captured a certain feeling, a certain you know memories, certain things that were going on in my life. And same with Chengdu, mm. same with Ningbo. Ultimately, I moved to Chengdu. I was really looking to experience a more kind of globalized, a more kind of a place with more kind of Western influence, a place with with more things to do, uh, you know, more things to see, like just more options. Where you could stand outside yeah, more often. <laughs> that too, that too. Um, and so I, I visited Chengdu in 2020. Mm. And yeah, I absolutely fell in love with it. Like, um, actually, like a lot of people love Chengdu because of the food. But mm -hmm. honestly, that is last on the list of what? things I love about Chengdu. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I love the the vibes there are the energy there. There's just something so peaceful, mm. uh, so so like calm about like you go to the People's Park there or you go to like the Dufu Cottage or mm. like really anywhere in Chengdu. Like and, and the people, the people there are, are I find are really, really open minded, really tolerant, really kind. Mm. The perfect day for me anywhere in the world is to go to the Chengdu's People's Park. <laughs> And uh, sit on a bamboo chair uh, outside the tea house uh -huh. and order some food, order a cup of tea, chat, chat, chat up with some strangers, just taking the nature like that is that is heaven for me. Wow. I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to take your advice someday now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Much recommended. I would try the same well, thing, but just add a uh, Chengdu hot pot at the end of the day to make it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, Chengdu hot pot. So what you, you mentioned uh, the food is the last thing um, and you love the vibes of being there. What other experiences did you have in Chengdu? Like, did you yeah. go and see pandas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I do love the pandas. Like every time I visit the pandas, like I have this image of pandas in my mind that they're cute, they're 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 cool. But then every time I go to to visit them, like their my expectations are exceeded. Like I forget wow. about how actually like really cute they are. Like they are oh. like it's unbelievable how cute they are. You know, I went to the Beijing Zoo, I don't know, two years ago, and I guess about that. And I was really kind of disappointed because oh. when I went, like I saw like, I don't know, 10, 15 pandas, but they were all asleep. Every one of them. And I was like, did I just like come after like mealtime or something? Oh, that's just, funny. So like I just I basically they look like dolls to me, like but they were breathing dolls. Uh, was, they were real. They're they are alive. I was like pandas aren't real. These are these are animatronics. <laughs> But so you stayed in Chengdu one year and then you moved yet again to where you are now, Ningbo. So uh, again, so this is part of your adventure to constantly be touring. Why did you choose Ningbo? Yeah, so actually, honestly, like I, I wanted to stay in Chengdu long term. Like I really, I really mm. love it. But um, I was looking for a kind of change in a job and my, my, my job that I had in Chengdu wasn't stable. Mm. And th this opportunity for as a guidance counselor came up. Mm. Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to probably have this kind of opportunity again. Mm -hmm. 
because or at least without kind of more experience or kind of master's degree or something like that mm, because mm. i think you know the competition is a lot less now than yeah. in normal times because because of covid so this was opportunity came up uh mm-hmm. and i just i just felt pulled to 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 go for it and wow. and so i did yeah could you eventually see yourself moving back to chengdu since you seem to want to stay there long term yeah absolutely absolutely i think yeah. you know right right now i'm really focused on like seeing all of china and and mm. seeing i really want to see all the big cities the big four shenzhen guangzhou uh shanghai beijing mm. i've not actually experienced a lot of mm. yet and I'm also mm-hmm. really into China's ancient towns. Yeah, yeah. me too. I, like I, Lijiang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, Dali. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think these little towns, like thousand-year-old towns with architecture is just gorgeous. You know, I think a lot of people don't like the commercialization of them, especially mm-hmm. in recent years. But yeah. they are these like kind of real-life Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. these. They're these mazes of old and new and going down each alley. You never know what you're going to find. Maybe some kind of mm. cafe, maybe some local family doing doing some kind of performance, some kind of local custom, maybe some kind of temple or mm. I really love the the kind of adventure of that. But mm. yeah, so so that's kind of what I'm focused on now is and I think this job that I have right now provides me the opportunity. Like I have a lot of vacation time and mm, mm. it provides a good salary. So there's opportunity for for that travel. But yeah, definitely one day I have in the back of my mind yet yeah, going back to Chengdu. You're listening to the bridge. Now, Alex is a, you know, local Chinese person, so she knows a lot about this city like, what's that city like? Maybe (laughs) you and I know, like, what's Pittsburgh like or whatever. Mm. But I don't know anything about Ningbo. Could you tell me and maybe some of our other listeners a little bit about... Tell me, too, because I have never been to... I've never been to Ningbo. There's something you don't know about China. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. So, actually, from my research, I was very surprised to find out that like Ningbo is a city with 7,000 years of history. Like 7,000 years ago, this was actually like a small fishing village. Mm. And um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's it's always been a an important kind of hub for trade and those kinds of things because it's right on the ocean. I find it to be really nice. There's cer- certain spots, like I love the the Yuehu Park, like the Moon Lake Park. It's a very, very kind of like traditional Chinese park with a tea house and like a lake mm. and you can t- take a boat out. But it's mm. there are certain spots in Ningbo that are, that are very quaint. I love the way the, si- the city lights up at night. Yeah. And it, it's oh, not... could you describe that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that happens. I think you might be talking about what they do in Wuhan also. Oh, wow. So I'm curious. <laughs> I think in general, like Chinese cities light up pretty well at night like i i'm very impressed at how chinese cities like the the way they make the buildings light up at night but mm. ningbo i would say is the best city i've personally lived in for that mm-hmm. i think shanghai mm. and, and those cities those are also pretty good for that but there's something to be said for you know it's not this mega 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 city but you know you have these skyscrapers light up in mm. different colors along the river mm. yeah. with like not super tons of people out and about there is, is something like really beautiful and uh, really charming about that I it's all mine <laughs> i was just saying like you would walk on the emptier street with all the lights on just think it's all mine <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely what is the population when you say a second tier city i'm thinking it's probably the same population as like new york or something <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> 
Actually, Ningbo, as as I understand, has moved up to become a first tier city. I mean, there there's there's a lot of wealth here. Oh. There's a, there's a lot of people who who like people who own like five apartments all across China, like those kind of people. There's a lot of those kind of people here. Wow. Uh, oh my goodness. Um, but <laughs> do you know the population? Yeah. How many folks live there? As I, as I understand, it's about ten million. Wow. Yeah. See, for an American city, that's like a colossal city. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's crazy. It's more than ten. San Francisco. Yes, yeah. that's a lot of people. That's like half of <laughs> Beijing or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Poor San Francisco that. just keeps getting dragged into this. So, sorry, San, you know I love San Francisco, but <laughs> it has this. You know, Alex and I have talked about yeah. this a lot. It has this reputation for being a big city, but really, it's not actually a yeah, that big when, of a city. Yeah. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, I love San Francisco. It's my favorite city in America. Really? Jason's like, you like where wow. I come yeah, from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really unusual. People from Florida are usually like Florida proud, and they're like, no, California. Is not as cool as Florida, so it's very unusual to find a Floridian uh, okay. I like who's San like, Francisco, "Oh, yeah. go California!" Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I wasn't originally. I didn't originally grow up in Florida. Like mm. we, my family and I lived up north for like the first ten years of my life. But mm. eventually, my dad said we can't. He couldn't handle the weather anymore, so so we moved <laughs> to Florida. So maybe that's part what? of it. But no, I I love I love. And I went to school at USC in Los Angeles. Oh, I, I wow. Love, oh, I love that's California. Awesome. I love San Francisco. Yeah, that's yeah. a great school. Yeah, Alex, definitely. where did you live again in the <laughs> north of maybe maybe you guys have lived in the same city? No, I was always in the United States. I was uh, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for a year. So but I did. OK, I did go to Florida once and Boston and New York and Boston. But I did go to Florida for a couple of days. But I went okay. to um, okay, did I even go into Orlando? We went to this place. I think I mentioned this before on the show with a really interesting name to me. The place is called Kissimmee. Oh, okay. But when I saw it, Kissimmee, I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, like kissing me or kiss me. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. that is so that is so hilarious. But we <laughs> yeah. didn't we didn't spend too much time there. That's a small We town. only knew. Yeah. I think we went there for like a B-boy jam or something. Okay. And um okay. yeah. No, I wasn't competing, <laughs> just just to make it clear. I was taking photographs, but we did go to <laughs> of course you were those b-boys are yeah, so yeah, yeah. in shape <laughs> no it was a great art form jason it's about the art um yeah we went to we went to um what do you call that place downtown orlando or downtown disney i can't remember but it's close to orlando yeah, downtown, downtown and we disney. right and then we lived in the we stayed in a like a, a kind of a, a house for a couple of days oh that's nice uh, but that was it that was my only experience okay wait i am sorry my memory is failing me. That was not my only experience with Florida. <laughs> I went to go on, go I on, went to Miami and we went on a cruise. And we went on a cruise, a seven day cruise in the in the oh, West nice. Caribbean Sea. Yeah, and of course, of I went course. to South Beach and had a hundred dollar yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow! But that was it. That was it. It was just like vacation, yeah. good weather. Yeah, you know, just a really good time. Where were you living up north, Noah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most when you were like Ohio, a little boy, I guess. And that's I have a lot of family mm. in Ohio, but Captain James T. Kirk of the Enterprise. I think he's from no, no, he's from Iowa. Sorry, I got it. I got it backwards. Uh, okay, sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> oh my God, Jason. No, no worries. <laughs> okay, so uh, could you tell us a little bit about you know you seem a little bit different than a lot of the people we interview because you seem to have already traveled around the world quite a bit before you came to China. But would you tell us about a little bit about what you expected to find? in China or what you heard about China in the United States versus your experience of living in China. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say my experience or what I knew about China beforehand is I think 
I remember like my AP world history class. <laughs> uh, that was a really dense class. And every every week we're learning about different places. You know, we're learning about Roman history one day, then Mesopotamia, like mm. India, like all, all these different countries. But China was the mm. one place that there was always something to learn about China every week mm. uh, of that mm. class. I mean, I, I, so I always knew like the history and the culture is so rich here. Mm. Uh, w- when I was getting ready to to when I decided, okay, I'm going to move to China, like I'm going to make the move to China, like I think that's the best move for me. And then I started to open the map of China and like look at these jobs in all, all kinds of different cities. Mm. Like that, that was, I mean, I knew China was big, but like I was looking at, at cities like I, that I'd heard of before from history class or from common media. But then I was looking at cities mm. that like mm. there was no details about mm. them or little to no details about them, like on Google or on Western media, like all across the country. So that that was something that kind of blew my mind a little bit. But then mm. uh, coming here, I would say something that maybe not surprised me, but people told me, like my mom told me, like when you come to China, like beware of the pollution. And so I got this, I got this like <laughs> image of China that like every time you go outside, it's just this foggy haze, just like 365 days of the year. Uh, and that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I definitely was also surprised at how kind of, there is like a kind of Western influence here. And there's like, you can, you can find like all kinds of food. You can, you can find Mexican food, you can find Indian mm. food. And, uh, you know, <laughs> e- even, in, even like a, in a, like a second tier city, like Harbin, yeah. there's so many opportunities here and there's so much that you can experience even in a second tier city like mm. Harbin. Before we move on, that you would like people back home in the States to know about China that maybe they don't understand uh, as well as you'd like them to. Because for me, I see the media on like CNN, Fox News and all, all of them. Mm. And I'm like, uh, that's not really what yeah. life in China is like. How would you characterize differences and similarities between, you know, China and the perception of China? Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely kind of make want to make clear to to Americans and Floridians. And I think this is something you can attest to, Jason, is that in a large majority of my experiences with the people here, like they're they're extremely kind and friendly. And most of them Mm. like will go out of their way just to make sure that my experience in China Mm. is a warm, welcoming and enjoyable one. Like, for example, my, my real estate agent here in Ningbo. Her name is Ellen. And like, I mean, she's a super busy woman. She I mean, she has a job, she has a family to take care of. But like, she's mm-hmm. constantly gone out of her way to like buy me gifts and like help me run, wow. run errands to, you know, as a foreigner in China, there's a lot of like little errands you have to you have to do that that are kind of a, a little bit difficult. And it, it really mm-hmm. helps to have like a someone who's Chinese to help you out with like she's helped me out with all, all those things. And then mm. like, she she even like she even took me for this like famous mountain and temple Mm. scenic area like she and so many other people in china like have have gone out of their way just to just to make my experience in china an enjoyable one and that's that's maybe something that is not portrayed in the news and i I would like everyone to know of course alex i'm gonna ask you the same question but in reverse what are some of the ways that (laughs) people in china see america (laughs) you know 
like maybe there's oh gosh there's gun violence or something versus what is that actually like li- living in the United States? Yeah, that's a great question. Of course. Well, first off, and I'm, I'm never going to stay away from the topic of food. Um, <laughs> people like my, people like my parents. We ju- they just think that you know when you move to America you're just going to be eating hamburgers all day. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know which is which is not true. I mean, burgers and fries are great. I will just say that, but it's yeah. not every day. And people in America don't eat that on a daily basis. It's personal choice if you want to but then the safety issue is definitely a a, a topic as well i remember i was when i was in boston because i gave my parents all the the, they have every right to be worried about me especially after um 2013 after the the attack in the um boston marathon they're just like oh god you know if you go to a crowd um there might be a shooting or or you know there's going to be some sort of attack or whatever you know you should be trying to stay safe wherever you are. Same for America, same for wherever you go. But my parents do think it's a little bit more dangerous over there. And because they don't speak the language, when they went to visit me in New York, uh, we were walking on we're walking on Fifth Ave. Um, and this this guy just came over to sell his CDs. And, you know, and then I just had a casual conversation with him. I'm like, oh, what, what type of music? <laughs> and he was like, oh, this is my rap name. Da, da, da. And he, we just had a very quick two minute conversation. And that freaked my mom out. Like <laughs> she was so she was like, what are you doing? Like, you're not even going to know where your body's going. to." End. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. mom, it's <laughs> she was very she was very, very concerned. But the difference, mm-hmm. I guess the difference is like people do talk to yeah, you, um, even in New York which is known for being not as friendly between strangers. People still do come up and talk to you. And if you do go to the South, when I first moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, I moved into Mm. my apartment. It was on the first floor. My neighbor came to knock on my door. When I heard the knock, I was super scared. I was like, oh my God, why is somebody knocking on my door? And I looked out, I was like, (laughs) it's a neighbor that I just saw. Why is she coming over to my apartment? (laughs) I opened the door and she actually brought me a fruit bowl. Like it's, it's like, yeah, chopped fruit and stuff. (laughs) And then I was like, yeah, I was like, oh God, this is poisoned. Like this is, (laughs) there's some problem with, there's going to be something wrong with it. But then I thought about it. I was like, it's crazy. Like that's just lunatic. And then I I talked to my mom. I was like, hey, my neighbor actually brought me food. My mom's like, ooh, why? I was like, (laughs) you know, so people do think that it's, they're like, oh, if people try to talk to you, they're Mm. trying to get something out of you. But Mm. That's very different. So I guess the major in how you interact with strangers, which is actually yeah. a, a topic that we covered on the show as well, how you interact with strangers is very different here in China and here in the States. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally understand what Noah was saying. Some people, when they first come to China, they're like, oh, Chinese <laughs> people just walk on the street and they don't look at you and they bump into you um, and they just walk away like nothing happened. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But if you need help, yeah, they absolutely. will stop and make sure that you're perfectly OK before they leave. Yeah. you. So. You're listening to The Bridge. Going back to that same, sorry, you weren't part of this conversation before, Noah. Again, I get the opposite experience where Chinese people take an interest in me. Mm. And they're like, hey, hey there, how's it going? Like, you know, try to talk to me. I don't know. Noah, as an outsider living in China, how would you characterize some of the similarities in the vibe, I guess you would describe it, (laughs) between the three cities that you've lived in? Like, what are some of the similarities and dissimilarities that you noticed in your experience here in China. Mm. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, similarities, I think no matter where you are in China, like food is such an integral part to the culture here. I mean, like <laughs> wherever, where I think wherever you are in China, like the small talk is always nature fan la mayo, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I think, yeah, yeah, food is, food is really important. Like 
some differences. Um, I would say Harbin and Chengdu, I think that people are are more mm. outgoing mm. in those places than True. they are in other places in China. I would say like th- those two places are two places where you'd be more likely to find like shirtless men, <laughs> like, you know, doing what shirtless men do out on the street uh, compared to other places in China. Well, some, some parts um, of Beijing are just like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. I think in, in Harbin, as I said, as I kind of mentioned before, I think they, they do have this kind of like, it, it is kind of like a little bold, like brazen brash, like kind of just do or, or, or say like whatever is kind of all on your mind without any kind mm. of filter. Like I think the taxi drivers in Dongbei have to be the loudest taxi drivers in the world. <laughs> and, then, and, and then there's also they, the, the Dongbei Hua is like with all the R's, right? And that's yeah. uh, like, like Maliorda, like they have those, <laughs> all those R sounds. It's also a little, a little brash, like, and then Chengdu, I think the people are extremely open-minded, tolerant. Mm. I want to ask Alex kind of the same question again. Yeah. You, because you lived in North Carolina, Boston and New York. <laughs> I would say Boston and New York are probably more similar. You know, how would you characterize similarities and differences in American culture in yeah, different cities? What, you know, is there is there a thread that makes Americans American other than cheeseburgers? <laughs> um, I would say the, the process of making friends might be a little bit different. You know, like when you're, at least when I was in Charlotte, you know, like I said, the people actually will approach you to make sure okay. if you're okay or they would say, oh, you just moved into town. Like, welcome to welcome to the city if you need any help. Like, here's my number. Right. Like, they would actually write their number down on the paper and give it to me. Mm. Um, in New York and Boston, you know, it's a little cold, the, the weather. So are the right. people a little bit right. when you first meet them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, once yeah. you have your little group, the way that people enjoy their time together, the way that they would help each other out, support each other. That's the same. That that doesn't change where I feel yeah. like, you know, wherever okay. you are in the United States, that is going to be the same. And even for people who are, you know, some other states that are kind of known for different ways of being nice, <laughs> you know, Minneapolis. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you, know, you know how people are saying, oh, this is, was in Minneapolis. Um um oh god what's that place i I don't know so there people people from apparently from that state are like overly nice they will say yes to everything and then some people are and and if i was wrong please feel free to email us and just correct me and call me out and i will i will correct it (laughs) everyone from minneapolis weigh in on this critical minneapolis exactly so but you know there there are different ways or some people saying you know southern the whole southern hospitality thing is it's too much and or people in new york are too mean um but that's just like that's like based off of your interaction for the first maybe two minutes because even in new york like when you're walking on the street when you have a quick conversation with someone Mm -hmm. it seems like the other person might not be as receptive or excited about this conversation Mm -hmm. but if you say like (laughs) just just like go on for another 20 minutes and then sorry 20 seconds and you're like oh my god we're basically you know brothers from a different mother whatever (laughs) you know you actually have a lot more in common and people are very willing they're very willing to connect with each other it's not standoffish it's not trying to be you know one Mm. man's band so that is something that's very universal yeah absolutely oh yeah you're listening to the bridge noah you're a youtuber what got you into doing that yeah so honestly it just it came down to just one day 
I woke up and asked myself the question. And I think this is <laughs> this is something everyone should ask themselves. A like, voice talk to me. Noah. <laughs> Build if if I <laughs> yeah no it was it was your voice jason it was your voice that came into my head actually make videos no, <laughs> but no but i asked myself the question like if i could get paid to do anything like mm. what would it be yeah yeah and yeah. you know for years i've i've always followed and, and been inspired by anthony bourdain and his oh, travel shows rest and in peace. the way yeah. he yeah the way he captures places in in his uh travel videos and so that that was the answer for me uh mm. to to go out and make and make like travel videos that really capture places and really capture people and so mm. i i just, just tried it i just started doing it and uh you know that when, when you're doing something and instead of it draining you it like gives mm. you energy that's when you know you found you know a true mm. passion. you know i love the way you said that it's very poetic and beautiful and your intention is really good i just also really like the way that you say you want to capture people <laughs> 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 here is Noah. <laughs> how do you approach making a video what do you think about you think i want to show food or just maybe it's a different process each time or what kind of aspects mm. of your travel life are you trying to show to people um i'm still kind of finding myself as as a creative filmmaker but my my ideal setup and mm. what mm. i want to do going forward is to go to a, an amazing you know beautiful maybe unheard of place in china and yeah, really capture it or, mm. or, or, or seize it, right, Jason? And mm -hmm. just like every, <laughs> every, every aspect of it, like the place, <laughs> the people, like what makes that place special, what makes that place magical. Mm. But then also to, to incorporate like some kind of fun, mm. unique, kind of silly mm. challenge uh, into that, like balance this kind of like serious, like thought provoking, profound uh, kind of documentary mm -hmm. with something that also kind of makes you like laugh, something that yeah, makes you smile and mm. makes you think like that's like really silly to be to play with it. Something. Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. Like that. that is. Yeah. Was well, for our listeners. What's your channel and how do we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my channel is Noah Kartha. Mm. Uh, last name K-A-R-T-H-A. My, that's my YouTube channel name. So yeah, you can yeah. Uh, search me up on that and uh, feel free to subscribe. Are you on cha on some Chinese platforms too, like Billy Billy? Yeah, yeah. Great question. Th thank you for asking. I am Da Chuan Zai Zhongguo. Uh, da Chuan is my Chinese name, mm. uh, and Zai Zhongguo on Billy Billy. Uh, also Shigua. Yeah. Oh wow. Could you tell us a little bit about some of the cities? Because you you seem like a very you're very intent on traveling. I'm intent on traveling, but I think I think you're next level. So could you tell us? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, up. and for people who haven't looked at um, uh, Noah's channels, I took a very brief look at some of the videos. It seems like the places, like a lot of the places you have been to, I haven't even heard of. But the videos look like <laughs> I, I felt, I felt a, sh a little shame, ashamed as a Chinese person. I was like, oh, there's all of these beautiful cities in my country, and I've never even heard of them, let alone being like you know uh, going there. So, how do you find those places? You know, tell us about mm -hmm. those. The yeah. beautiful little towns that are unknown. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I fell in love with Chinese ancient towns, as I kind of mentioned before. In uh, Chinese New Year 2021, mm -hmm. uh, I went to, I visited this place called Langzhong Ancient City. It's it's known as one of the four like completely preserved ancient city scenic areas in China. Mm -hmm. And like I, I kind of visited it on a whim, like during that during that Chinese New Year. 
And Langjong, it's in Sichuan. It's not the city itself. There's not like anything special about it. Uh, it's just a normal city. But then when you enter, as soon as you like enter the the ancient town scenic area, mm. like I think you all have can can resonate with like you you have like certain places you visit in your life or certain um, moments where like the place and the atmosphere of the place is so distinctive that it's like. Mm -hmm. It's like entering another world, and it's like wow. it's like uh, something that you'll remember forever. So just the the, the Chinese New Year atmosphere there, with like people, mm. uh, tourists and locals alike, uh, all over, like you know, celebrating the New Year, putting out firecrackers, and and then you go down like a local alley, and you, you see you peek into like a, a Chinese person's a local person's w window, and the the family's watching like the spring gala on television all together, like yeah, like the 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 atmosphere that was like so amazing. So after that, I decided I wanted to visit like all the most beautiful, all the most famous ancient towns in China. So I actually made a list of like over a hundred of the best, like most famous, most beautiful ancient wow. towns. And I, I hope to visit most of them um, in my time in China. Yeah. That's actually really beautiful. Again, I just want to point out that Noah likes to capture people and look through people's and look through people's windows. <laughs> You got me, Jason. You got me, Jason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're very poetic. Everything you're saying is beautiful, but I, I can't help. Yeah. I, can't, I yeah, can't help myself. I, I'm setting you up. Yeah, right there. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I can totally go go either way. You know, you can make it sound poetic and romantic or really creepy. It was it was a beautiful story, honestly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's really amazing. I think that's something I want to do. Of course, I don't have the time, so I'm yeah. really jealous of you now. I know. Same, same. Same, same. Could you tell us a little bit about things in America as an expat yeah. here in China that you may, maybe you miss? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the things that I miss from America are coming coming to this time of the year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, like holidays with the family mm. Uh, is mm. definitely a big one that I that I miss. Um, yeah, especially especially Christmas. I like Christmas with being with your family is is just yeah, just something I, I look forward to every year. Um, did you guys see the Ga Guardian of the Galaxy Christmas special? I did not. It was so good. You guys have to check it out. Mm. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious. Okay. I'm sorry. Speaking of Christmas, what? I think maybe, no. <laughs> you know, Christmas is on its way. It's about a month away. So like I was yeah, yeah, start, yeah. I'm starting to was like, oh, Okay, what Christmas movies are <laughs> out there now? So anything else? Any food? Any cultural? Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so um, another thing my, my family really bonds over is uh, my family, they were big college football, specifically Ohio State Buckeye mm. uh, fans. Mm. So oh. yeah, yeah, like college football yeah. in Ohio, specifically in Columbus, Ohio, where my family is from. Mm. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes are that is that is everything to that city, mm. and so that's something my family and I really bond over. And mm. so being able to watch mm. watch like games with my family and go to games with my family that's definitely something I miss as well. Do you paint? Do you paint your face with color and you, stuff? You know, uh, <laughs> actually, it's I I, I I'm a, I'm a big because my family you know uh, comes from Ohio. I'm a big Ohio State Buckeye fan. But actually, I went to USC, mm -hmm. which is another huge uh, sports school yeah and when i was when i was at usc <laughs> like i was a part of like this spirit organization where yeah we would like sit in the front row of the football games like paint our chests wow and like it was pretty it's pretty intense yeah actually like uh I, i'll tell you uh, this is uh you know not not my most proud i guess moment <laughs> back but like there was one basketball game uh -huh. where like i had <laughs> 
like nothing on but well i mean i i had clothes on when i went in the stadium but like uh, then <laughs> i took everything up off except this gold speedo oh, and gosh. gold paint from head to toe <laughs> to cheer on the basketball team wow. yeah yeah so so absolutely yeah. oh my god you're listening to the bridge Speaking of that, one thing I do notice about the pictures I've seen of you and the videos I've seen of you is that you do have a very spiritual uh, kind of angle. Like I've seen you meditating. I've seen you doing a lot of Tai Chi. Mm. Could you tell us about that aspect of your, you know, yourself and of your video making process? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I went to a meditation workshop in the States in 2019. Mm. And that's something that, uh, you know, completely changed my life like just a just a week uh like workshop it's something that yeah i can look back on it and and say that that short period of time like mm. changed me as a person and from then on like very shortly after that i moved to harbin mm. and you know i was convinced that you know meditation was and spirituality was something i wanted to take with me and you know bring along with me no matter where i am in my life and continue to to work on that and develop that and I have done that, but mostly on my own. I, I, I did make a video uh, where I joined this Tai Chi group in China. And mm. uh, Tai Chi is also something that's kind of spiritual that, that I do enjoy. Mm. But I, med meditation, I, I kind of had this dream uh, for a long time, ever since I moved to Harbin, of, of having some kind of creating some kind of meditation group in China. But I think it's, it's just something that's so kind of foreign and exotic to, to the culture here that i just i just kind of wrote it off as in, in shanghai beijing those huge cities like of course it's there are plenty of meditation groups and those kind of things but like yeah. in, in a place like harbin or ningbo i thought it would just be impossible or... have you try because my wife is a buddhist yeah, yeah. baby our other host she's also a buddhist and they are constantly meditating oh, okay so uh, have you tried buddhist temples or taoist temples or anything like that in china i, I have i have for sure and that's something i love about living in china is like experience because there are absolutely spiritual aspects of chinese culture mm. like tai chi yeah like buddhism and, and taoism and i love like learning from that and experiencing that my kind of meditation is specifically what mm. i kind of wanted to create this group of is I think a little bit more Western, a little bit more new age. And so mm. that that specific kind of meditation, mm. like uh I, I just I just didn't think uh, I would be able to to find in Harbin or, or Ningbo. Mm. So I think, you know, today more than ever, especially with COVID these days, like I found that people, you know, and this is true of people around the world, I think a lot of people are looking mm. for ways to be happier in their lives and they're open to kind of learn uh, new ways to find that, even if it's something that's kind of like foreign or exotic. So mm. after moving here to Ningbo and kind of having a fresh start, I, I decided to, to really uh, tr to, to make to to do what I can to make a like my own meditation group here in, in Ningbo. And uh, mm. I, I made a video about the process because it's something that's near and dear to my heart because, you know, like like I said, it's it, it, ever since I moved to China, this is something I've dreamed about. It's like bridging mm. th these two different worlds. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a video uh, I've been working on. I, I made a group and, and we actually just met for this morning for the first time and meditated together. So, yeah, something. I'm, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alex, do you adhere to any kind of <laughs> meditative practice? <laughs> do I? Or do you just meditate sometimes? Does looking on Douyin count as meditating? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, watching watching those mindless uh, carpet washing and uh, you know uh, house cleaning mm. videos <laughs> that kind of counts. But I, I I will say, yeah, I will say that you know I really support this kind that's of relaxing yeah. um, organizations or <laughs> carpet cleaning. I know carpet cleaning. It's important. No, you know what's better than carpet cleaning? What? It's that when they take the water and they blast the the, the sidewalk. Oh my god! With the high pressure like the, water gun. Oh my gosh, that is it, so that awesome. So, oh my god, just watching when that. The, oh I, man, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about that at some point. No, I'm, I medit- I actually do. I do meditate a little bit here and there. You know, oh, cool. I, I kind of stole a little bit from here and a little bit from there and make my okay. made up my own kind yeah. of stuff. Because oh, cool. you know, it's it's nice to be calming. I tried apps. You know, I tried those like you know videos and say, hey, close your close your eyes and give me the next three minutes and yeah, I'm gonna yeah. you know those doughy yeah, videos, yeah. but they don't yeah, 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 they don't yeah. work. Your phone's like right next to you're you, sitting you know? in front of the beach yes imagine the waves crashing and i'm like Everything. no i'm not <laughs> it reminds me of a jack handy joke there's a there's a joke by jack handy from deep thoughts where he says Whenever I'm very stressed out, I imagine that I'm on a beach and everything is beautiful. The wind is beautiful. The sun is beautiful. Everything except the flies. Oh, my God. They're everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. The only time I felt yeah. like I could do that was when I was in um, L.A. And we took an Uber. We went to the beach and I was like, oh, my God, the beach is like 10 minutes away from where we are. I will never be depressed if I lived in L.A. Like I can just go <laughs> to the beach. Any city, any city that has a beach that I can get to within like 10, 15 minutes drive yeah i'm going to be perfectly okay apparently ningbo has beaches we were talking about that before the show isn't that right Noah? yeah yeah absolutely yeah i was mentioning that uh there are some beaches here i mean Ningbo's right on the ocean but uh you you might not want to go yeah. in the water exactly because i've heard it's <laughs> it's not the cleanest but uh, it, i've heard <laughs> it looks beautiful could you tell us a story about one of your vlogs that you've ever made in your history of making uh videos and you a special experience that stands out in your mind as special mm. i recently made a video uh where i mm. i tried to walk every street in downtown Ningbo. Like if you mm. look at the map of Ningbo, like it it kind of like makes a box mm. in the center. Oh wow. And so this it's what I call like the central like downtown box of Ningbo. Mm. Like I attempted in a 48 a challenge in a 48 hour period to step on every street in that box. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love walking. I love exploring. And it was kind of one of my first experiences ex- actually really getting to explore everything in Ningbo. So so I enjoyed that. But, you know, after I, I started in the morning on one day and then 36 hours later, it was evening at that amassed like close to 100,000 steps. Wow. And I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. I, my legs I mean, were, were super sore at, at that time. Like all, all I wanted to do was to go home and and just sleep for like the next week naturally yeah i knew that i mean i had just probably stepped on just over 50 percent of the streets on that time at that time and so i mean so much to go yeah left to go and i mean the the main point was that my story was not finished like my Mm. vlog was not finished i i knew that i had to keep going like even though oh no yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) I want to see a screenshot of that 100,000 steps. <laughs> yeah, two days. So like one day was like 47,000. And then, I, yeah, so I think in total, actually, in total for the challenge, it was like over 120,000. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, so I knew that. Did you make it? So, no, I did not. In that last 12-hour window, oh. that 
nighttime 12 hour window but overnight yeah, yeah, yeah. into the morning yeah, yeah so i just did my best i mean i was walking super slowly i mean it was super my legs and stuff were super sore but couldn't you just cheat and get an ofo or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good idea that's a good idea yeah. no but it was really it was there was no real way i was i was gonna like actually finish it but like mm. to actually you know i went through the end and i, I stayed up all night as long as i could yeah. to find the end to that story to find the conclusion mm. of that vlog and i i did and i was able to find the ending of the story and and that's 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 what that kind of captures mm. what i love so much about my my kind of vlogging style and, and doing these challenges is that like it's painful it can be really painful for you know a 12 24 hour period maybe even a little bit longer but now that I have that experience of at least I can say I did my best of trying to do that, trying to walk on every street in the downtown central box of Ningbo in a 48 hour period. And I and I have that on video forever as, as a memory I can share with everyone in, in the entire world. Like that's something that I really get pumped up and excited about as a blogger. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool story. And I also think you just created the Noah Cartha challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so like everyone out there that is super fit, like this is, your, this this is how is you it. make your step goals. <laughs> you got to go head to Ningbo and try to hit every street in the downtown Ningbo box. For <laughs> yeah, man, I couldn't imagine when I get to like 12 or 15,000 steps, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've done enough for this week. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. It's actually, there's a lot of strategy to it because like you have to use your time efficiently. And so you have to be able to like, mm. if you like miss one street in like one section and then move on to another section, like you are, it's going to be a total mess. So th there's like a certain strategy. It's actually like a fun game. And I hope to be able to do that in other Chinese cities as well. Mm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to get a helicopter and some rope and <laughs> tie me to the end and just swing me around the city. <laughs> Just drop me, <laughs> drop me there, and then pull me up. Drop me and pull me up. There you go. There you yeah, go. Dip and go. go. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you so much for joining the show today, Noah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Very lovely talking to you. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> we'll talk to all our fans next time on The Bridge, a show that connects East and West. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Noah. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Mm -hmm.